Well, thank you so much, Pastor Sam and you, Pastor. Pastor Brenda and your team and your staff and, and just spending quality time here with you guys has been a lot of fun and we really appreciate that. Um, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is so important and dear to our heart to help those who never think God can change their life to know that God still has a plan for your life. That's the importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the importance of the church. So we're here to share our story, and then I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna turn my wife loose. She's a doctor, she's Dr. Tracy Strawberry. <laughs> I couldn't get a doctor because I was playing Major League Baseball, okay? <laughs> so let us pray. Father, we love you, we honor you, we praise you. Father, we thank you for this moment, we thank you for this time. Father, we thank you for the people, we thank you for the church, we thank you for the volunteers, we thank you for everyone that participate in Sunday morning that has to play a part of this, Father. And Father, we know the importance of your word going forward. May it penetrate the hearts of the people. May someone's life be changed forever. May they experience the love of Jesus like never before. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Do what only you can do. Have your way with us. Father, we send this petition up to you and we ask that you seal it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, glory to God. Well, we're gonna do a little something. We're gonna talk a little bit, give you a little background, background on our story and our testimony of where we come from because, you know, we really wasn't always like this, especially me. <laughs> He's I really was the truth. He's I really, really telling the truth. I'm really telling the truth, yeah. <laughs> I really wasn't always like this. You know, I was, um, I was famous, rich, and I was exposed to a lot of things. Um, but I was just basically living a heathen lifestyle. And my mother was a Christian woman, and she was praying for me. She was praying that God would save me and change me. She was dying, and she was praying. She died at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer. After her passing, my sister would find a journal under her bed and it would say, save my kids. And when it got to me, she was praying to God that God would knock me off of my throne. And boy, I cannot wait to give her a hug when I see her in heaven. Amen. Because it had it not, <laughs> yes. had not it been for her prayers, and there's no telling where I would be. You know, and I think of my mother, and then I think of my wife. I think of God had such a great sense of humor. He does have a great sense of humor, but he really had a great sense of humor with me because of the fact of, you know, I was a womanizer, I was an alcoholic, I was a drug addict, I was a sinner, rich, famous, and privileged, lived behind community gates, but I was saved by grace. But he had such a great sense of humor. He would have my mother praying for me, and Tracy would come into my life, and God would use her to lead me back into church and eventually get back on track, get discipled, and become the man that I am today. Now, we're talking about some serious stuff. We're talking about over 21 years ago, you know, she was pulling me out of dope houses in South Florida. I was shooting dope and smoking crack. I was $3 million in debt, didn't have a driver's license. She was banging on doors and pulling me out of dope houses and saying, God's got a plan for you. I says, why don't you and that God just leave me here and just let me die? And she goes, you're just not that lucky. <laughs> I thought to myself, I thought, wow, she's crazier than me. <laughs> 
So I was crazy, and here it was. She was just one year in recovery, and God used her to lead my life all the way back to the cross. Then I would eventually get discipled, and discipleship is so important, which I think a lot of people go to church on Sundays, but that's all they do. They just show up Sunday, but they never come back for the midweeks and, and the small groups and everything. So they miss out on discipleship. You miss out on knowing who you are in Christ. And I was preaching that the other day, um, yesterday, I mean Saturday, for the men about your identity in Christ. We end up with the wrong identity because we don't know who we are in Christ. You know, because we don't know the Bible. And, we, and I didn't know the Bible, and she knew the Bible. And I was wondering why, you know, she knew so much about the Bible because she was getting up every morning at 5.30 in the morning to go study and be with God. And I was like, God, I'm not getting up at 5.30 in the morning. You know, but that was her time with God. And I used to come downstairs. It was so funny, Pastor. I used to come downstairs and she'd be like, hi, hon. She's been up. I get, it's about 10 o'clock. She's been up since 5.30. And I used to think to myself, who she been down there with? <laughs> Little did I know that she had a relationship with Jesus. And it was such joy for her because she was in the Word of God and having a relationship with Jesus, I wanted that relationship so bad. And God says, if you want that relationship, you have to do something different. You have to study and you have to be with me. And that's when I realized that I had to start studying and being with God. And she would go to bed at 8.30 at night. I would lock myself in the room, turn off the television, turn off the cell phone, and I would dive into the Word, and I would saturate myself into the Word. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me supernaturally about teaching me the Word of God. He says, you want to learn the Word? And I says, yes. See, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. If you, you have to invite him in to teach you. If you invite him to, in to teach you, he will teach you all things. He will not teach you some things. He will teach you this whole Bible. I've never been to school or anything, but the Holy Spirit taught me this whole Bible supernaturally because I trust him and I honor him. And that's what we as believers have to get back to, honoring the Holy Spirit as the gift to teach you so you can know and have the relationship that God wants you to have with him. Go ahead, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks, honey. God is faithful. I don't know how to talk and sit. So, God is faithful, and as we were exuding a form of worship through song, thinking about God's faithfulness and how faithful he is, because before I met Daryl, I lost custody of my three sons from active addiction and alcoholism. School was never my thing. I had such anger at God Jesus was the last name I wanted to hear. I was the person that said, God, where were you when? God, where were you when the sexual abuse was taking place? God, where were you when, when the rape was taking place? God, where were you when? Because all I seem to do is keep losing. See, you just make holy Christian women, like pastors, Brenda and Miss Michelle. And see, you either make people holy or you make people like me. Because I'm not blessed. My parents raised me right. So somebody's word today is this. You raised your children right. But you keep praying for them and you keep believing them. 
believing for them because I remember being lost and being out there in my anger, in my rage, in my promiscuity and doing whatever I wanted to, doing it the way I wanted to, any way I wanted to, but I would hear the voice of my parents. The word of God in love never runs dry. You can't run away from it. The word is power. Amen. You keep sowing those seeds and you keep believing. In the midst of their pain, they're hearing you. In the midst of their rebellion, they're hearing you. Because pain drives. Anger drives. Not feeling good enough drives. An unhealed heart is a dangerous heart and a desperate heart. It will lie with anything. It will compromise. It will do anything. And only the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God can come in and do a deep healing on the inside of you. Those things that are driving you away from your loved ones, from loving yourself, from loving your spouse, from raising your kids the right way. I had to come out of a mindset. I had prejudgment about God. I had my own opinions about God instead of the truth of the word of God that would eventually set me free, but it took me a long time to surrender it. It's my biggest regret because if I would have surrendered to this earlier, my kids would have had the mom that they deserved because God will teach you how to be a parent. He will heal every wound that you all are making yourselves pay for. You're making yourself pay for your past. You're making your loved ones, your spouses pay for your past because your heart is not healed and not surrendered and submitted to God. Sin will hurt you and anyone who tries to love you. Wounds will hurt you and anyone that tries to love you. God placed the desire for love inside of each and every heart because he desired to love us first. And for us to love him back and then have that divine, proper, healthy exchange to come down in us and through us that we may love that way. I was watching a couple walk by, honey, when we were sitting down right there and they had a little, what do they call them now, pumpkin seed? I don't know. Back in the day is what they call them. You carry the baby, little baby carrier. Yeah. And I'm looking at this baby and I'm looking at this husband and wife and I started praying for them. The ways of the world are very strong, but the word of God is stronger. Yes. Amen. And God will redeem any story. And I was praying for those parents that they would raise that child up in the ways of God and in the love of God, that they would know that Jesus loves them right from the gate so that that would be their natural way and not sin. Right. Why is sin so hard to break off when you're older? Because you've been practicing it a long time. That was never the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is the word of God that we are supposed to be trained up in and raised up in, but then we get derailed. The enemy comes in whether we allow him or we realize we do or we don't. And sin begins to separate us from God. And when we're separated from God, we're separated from our power, our identity, our value, our healing, everything that we need to be successful, powerful, and strong in this life within ourselves, within our relationships, and God has a purpose for each and every one of us that if we never carry out, will cause depression and sorrow inside of you. You were created on purpose for a purpose. God created marriage his way for us to follow his way, a divine way, and to raise our children up in his way. And the family unit is what we need to get back to. We have many orphan children that are living under a roof and have provision, but they need love. They need the ways of God. 
And this is where I came from. I just happened to get saved when I met Daryl. I was one week saved and I was learning what saved meant because I came to God angry. I had nowhere else to go. I tried everything else. I did everything else. And there was a woman, listen to me closely, men and women of God, don't stop witnessing. Because if we don't tell people about Jesus, if you didn't tell people about Jesus, I wouldn't be saved. Right. I wouldn't be whole. I wouldn't be reconciled with my children. I wouldn't have a man that loves me. I wouldn't be operating in power and in purpose because of the witness, because of the body of Christ is empowered and they go out and they reach the lost. Amen. This man right here is the most powerful man of God that I know. And he wasn't always like that. Amen. <laughs> because when we first met, we were finding our way in Christ. I was. He's still rebelling against Christ. And I had to learn what saved meant. But the Holy Spirit never let me go. Because there were women of God who knew about the power of the Holy Spirit, not just to give me advice, but to sit me down in a chair and lay hands on me and pray with the Spirit of the living God over me so that the chains of darkness could break off. Amen. I'm talking about deep in the Word. I'm talking about mature in the Word of God. I'm talking about, honey, it's just going to be okay and go pray. I'm like, go pray? I don't even know how to do that because I'm ready to come out of my skin. And I'm saying this the clean way. Amen. <laughs> so let me tell about you and your Jesus, because if he doesn't show up tonight, you know where I'm going tonight? Because I can't take it. Am I speaking real in the house? Am I speaking real in the house today? Yeah. And this joker that I'm married to, can we keep it real in the house today? <laughs> I love it. I because love it. Because somebody's going through that today. I love it. I, I, I love the fact that, you know, God has, you know, called us for ministry. And, and, and when we started this journey together, we wanted to kill each other. <laughs> yes, we did. And you think about that, you know, as, most, uh, as a lot of couples go through that process of not knowing who they are and where they fit in and what's the position for you and you and, and, and your calling on your life. You have a call on your life. Amen. Every last one of you in here have a call on your life by God. Mm -hmm. See, what I love about God is God does not make mistakes. He cleans them up when you allow him to be Lord over your life. But you have to come all the way in. You cannot straddle the fence, which a lot of Christians do. I was the same way, straddling the fence. I knew his name was Jesus, but I was denying his power, finished work on the cross. Amen. See, if I don't understand the symbol of the cross in Calvary and understand Jesus, a holy, righteous man hanging there for me, mm -hmm. shedding his blood that I could have life and that I could have it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. He just didn't do it for me and my wife. He, he's doing it for everybody. Everybody that decide to receive him as Lord over their life have to submit themselves to him. Because if you do not submit yourself to him, he do not know you. We submit ourselves to everything else. The good feeling of a society. 
to make us whole, to make us happy. But we don't never look to Jesus. We don't never look to the cross and the symbol of him hanging there and then him going to the tomb and getting up early Sunday morning with all power in his hand. So he, so he did that for us so that we can come and commit ourselves and no longer have these worldly desires. I don't belong to this world. I belong to God. You have to know who you belong to. The importance of the body of Christ is most Christians don't even know who they are. They say, I'm a Christian, but when you get confronted by somebody, then you'd be like, well, no, I'm not really a Christian. I want to fit in. If you're a Christian and you love God, you cannot fit in. That's right. You have to understand persecution is part of what your walk is all about. Being persecuted for Christ, not for anything else. I wanted to talk a little bit about this text here because it's so important. And it's Romans 8, 28. And it's called the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. You do know that. If you're a believer, the best is yet to come. You, don't, you need to understand that God saves his best for last. He doesn't put it out there for first so you can have it, so you can just have it and you can just walk away and you no longer have to do the work. God make you do the work to get the best. And that's what I love about God. I had to do the work. Just like when I was playing ball, I had to work to play ball. I had to work to get the talent. I had to work there. I had the talent, but I still had to work to develop the talent. It's the same thing with the Bible. You have to work to develop the gift that's inside of you. Amen. Amen. The best is yet to come, Romans 8:28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that all things, he didn't say some things. He said all things work together for the good. But as a believer, you have to know him to know that all things work together for the good. That's the importance of who you are as a believer, to know that all things, not some things. You're going to go through some trials and tribulations, but you got to press on through. You got to fight through. You got to continue to, you got to continue to be in church. Don't run from the church, run to the church. Too many of us run from the church and away from the church, and we say, well, it's the church. They won't do this for me. They won't do that for me. Well, they're not supposed to do that for you. You're supposed to get up and do something for you. Amen. There's a gift inside of you that God wants to stir up. He can't stir the gift up inside of you if you don't get up and you don't participate, you don't get into action. We get into action and everything. We're excited about everything else except the kingdom of God. We're excited about all these earthly things. He's telling you all things work together for the good. Your situation, our situation, the situation that we were in. We were in a situation with nothing. So how is things going to work together for the good, God? I had to go through every process at every stop. God stopped me at every place. I ended up in a Florida State prison with a T17169 because of addiction. I ended up with cancer twice and lost my left kidney in my second surgery. You can't tell me Jesus is not a miracle maker. 
See, I could, I could sit there and I, I could still be sitting in that place and not realizing that all things work together for the good. He's talking about everything that goes on in your life works together for his good. See, it doesn't work together for our good, but it works together for his good. You know why? Because at the end of everything, God has a plan. And it's bigger than you can ever imagine. Did I, did I, could I ever imagine that God would call me from a pit and put me in a full pit? <laughs> I could never imagine that God was calling me for ministry. It had nothing to do with my baseball career. It had nothing to do with my fame. It had nothing to do with the success of and having money and living behind community gates. It had to do, he was calling me for his kingdom. He was calling me for great kingdom work. He was going to use my mess for his messes. He uses the story of your life. So stop being like you don't have problems. We all do. It's those that are willing to yield at the cross and leave them at the cross. And remember, Jesus hanging on the cross, shedding his blood, it was for me that I would be able to have this life and live it the right way. Because of recognizing being a sinner, if you can't recognize you're a sinner, you can never know the Savior. Amen. The only way I can know the Savior is recognize that I was a sinner and I needed a Savior. And the Savior wasn't what I was achieving from an earthly standpoint. It looked good from television. But as soon as I started to have failure, guess what they started to do? They started to point their finger at me. And saying, look at him, he's a loser. But Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. While everybody else will be gone, Christ will be there. And he will walk you through the hardest parts of your life to be able to exalt you right in front of man. I love the fact that I know that all things work together for the good. Not some things, but all things. Whatever you come in here today and your doubts about God and your doubts about who you are. Why don't you come to a place of understanding the Word of God and stop doubting? Why don't you get empowered with the church? The church is good. Oh, y'all missed that. <laughs> the church is good. Amen. That's where your transformation will come. It's in the church house. It's not coming out there. You can keep looking for whoever you want uh, to help you out there. They cannot help you. It is through the Word of God that will help you become everything that you always believed you were created to be. Because you got to remember, we were created for good. We wasn't created for falling short. It was Adam and Eve in Genesis, in the beginning of the book, Genesis 3, you know. It was in there that one man bought sin in, and there was the gospel, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus bought grace in for all. So that we can have this life and we can live it to the fullness. The fullness of this life has nothing to do with what I achieve from an earthly standpoint. It has to do with what you achieve from a kingdom standpoint. We're trying to attain all these earthly things and trying to, you know, satisfy our soul. Let me tell you, church, you will never, ever satisfy your flesh. Never. It will always want more. 
because that's what the flesh is. Give me more of this. Give me more of that. It wasn't until I watched my wife studying the Word of God, and I saw the joy she had, and I wanted that. And guess what? I had to go do something about it to get it. I had to go open the book for myself to get it. Because the revelation of who we are is in the book. Yes. It's not in anything else. It's not in my performance of, you know, being successful like I was. And, you know, I thought all that was, I, you know, I thought I was all that in the bag of chips playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I found out? The devil is a liar. Because he wanted to keep me away from knowing the truth, the Word of God, so I can live the abundant life that God talks about he has for you. You know, the abundant life is so, so good, but you have to be committed. So many of us don't commit. So many of us stay on the outside. We don't want to go deep. We don't want to let God do the surgery on us. That's the greatest gift I ever gave to myself is letting God do surgery on me and cut me open. When they cut me, over to, cut me open to remove the cancer out, they had to cut me open to do that. When they had to cut me open to remove my kidney, they had to open me up to do that. God has to do the same thing on you to move all the junk out of your trunk. Mm -hmm. And he does if you allow him to do it. That's how we know all things. Some things, not some things, but all things work together for the good. Because Jesus has one plan for your life. Mm -hmm. And his plan is to rescue, redeem, and restore you. He's got one plan. We just kind of want to have this conversation today to share, you know, our life about where we come from and how God transformed us. And it was, it was because of our obedience to God, obedience to the word, um, submitting ourselves, committed to God, and laying down our life, denying ourselves, picking up our cross daily. That cross is heavy, but Jesus carried that cross. You need to carry your cross. You need to pick that cross up and carry that cross so you can operate in the place that God wants you to be able to experience a life full of good. Full of good. You can't tell me God's not good. We started $3 million in debt. Didn't have nothing. But we lined ourselves up with the biblical principles. Not only did God bless us, but he multiplied us and increased us because we obeyed him. Now you get to experience the abundant of life that pastors talk about. There's an abundant life that God has waiting for you. And I hope today when you hear the message of me and my wife, you will realize that you can experience that too. But you got to make a real commitment to your walk with Christ. This is not a game. The game is out there. This is not a game. This is real life here. When, when you start doing real life and doing real things, God starts to turn over your life and lead you into your destiny. He's got a great plan for you. I, I, I don't know why we got to go through so much sometimes, but I can tell you, I'm glad I went through it because I'm tasting and seeing that the Lord is really good now. Amen. <laughs> go ahead. Give it to him, girl. <laughs> We want to frame this in the Word of God because it's the Word of God that will transform your life. How do you change? How does it happen? 
How does God rescue, redeem, and restore you? How does he heal a heart and change a man or a woman like me, like you? He created us all with a plan and a purpose. And Romans chapter seven and eight changed my life forever. Because when I first came to Christ, I didn't think that the word of God was relevant. I just thought it was old history and would read some things and it was bad things. But that's why I had to be in the church house. How did I get saved? Number one, I simply surrendered. They sang a song up here, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. That's an invitation. You have to accept the invitation, number one. I had to get up out of the grave and say yes to Jesus in my anger, with all my questions, with all my confusion, and everything else. I'll tell you, come to Jesus broken, bitter, whatever it is, and if you keep walking with him, keyword if, you will end up free. He will set you free. Yes. When I was praying for my husband, instead of having that attitude, because I don't know if some of you can tell I'm a little powerful with the mouth and I got, you know, a little demonstrative, I'm just saying. So I'd be real quick to tell him some things. Just let me just tell you exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, if you're believing for this man that you love, because it's never okay that they're living in sin, but God said, I'm gonna empower you while you're believing. That's somebody's word today, whether you're believing for your children, a health report, whatever the case it is, whatever the case may be. Because in the word of God, it says that he created a man of God, a child of God, and that's the man I started praying for, and that's how I started to speak to him with boundaries and believing in his greatness. Father, I thank you and praise you that he is the man of God that you created him to be. Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord God, that you are chasing him with healing, that yes. you are chasing him, that there's power in this man. Thank you that he is my gift that you have given to me. Thank you that you are working out our story. I thank you and praise you, Father, that we are one in you, Lord Jesus Christ. I walk by faith and not by sight, and your word is true, and it will not return void. I thank you for the king that he is. I thank you that he is the head and not the tail, that he is above and not beneath. Somebody, the word of God. Blessed be his name. Romans chapter seven, verse 12. But still the law itself, excuse me, I'm gonna to go to 14 for sake of time. For the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human a slave to sin. I was a slave to addiction, I was a slave to fear, I was a slave to so many things. What are you a slave to? Because he wants to release you of your chains. He wants to save you, verse 15. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, verse 16. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good, that God is good, because God created inside of us, we have a knower. We know the difference between right and wrong. We simply choose to reject what is wrong and accept what is right. Verse 17, so I am not the one doing wrong, but it is sin living in me. Because we are created good, but it is sin living in me that does it. Verse 18, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature, which is every single person has it. I don't need to know your story to know that you need Jesus because we all fall short. I don't need Jesus because I was addicted. I needed deliverance through Jesus Christ, but I had to be saved first. 
Right. Every single person needs to be saved. Don't base it on our story or our struggle or our bondage. We all need Jesus because we all have the sinful nature and fall short. Not one is perfect, verse 19. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Mm. See the struggle. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. But verse 22, we start to get hope. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me, hear this, there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. The battle starts in the mind. Bible teaches us be transformed by the renewing of the mind, being washed in the word of God. And God has appointed a man and woman of God right here in this church, Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda, to deliver the word of God that will wash you if you will let it. Because the word is in this house. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit has brought you here, the word is in this house. And please be careful with leaving here and listening to 20 different messages because the enemy will get you confused with the word. Because if there's so much word going around in your mind, you can't catch anything. You need the revelation that produces transformation. And if you're here in this house, there's a word in this house that's coming through this man and woman of God. Amen. Meditate on it day and night and all week long. Thank you, pastors. We love you. We yes. call you blessed. Hallelujah. At war with your mind, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. That was me. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God, verse 25, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see, how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. But then when you get into chapter eight, chapter seven is not the end of it. Chapter eight is life in the spirit. In chapter eight, instead of reading it word for word, and I want you to hear it from the word of God, because it's not our words. It's the word of God that will set you free. Right. And it talks about in the scriptures, but if through the power of the spirit, hear this, Romans chapter eight, verse 13, for if you live by its dictates, you will die, talking about the sinful nature. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, not by your own desire, not by your own way. How many of you have tried it your way? You've tried everything in your own power to get it off of you, to get it out of you, to stop doing it. You can't do it. By the power of the Spirit of the living God in you, the Holy Spirit breaks the chains. You will live for all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. The very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead becomes alive inside of you through that submission, through that commitment. I was in the church house every time the doors open because the Word of God, the faster the Word of God gets in you and you develop it. I, Pastor Brenda, women like you, you taught me how to pray. It's called discipleship. Mm -hmm. Teach me how to pray. When pastor was up here, I was listening to every word he was saying. When they were up here, I was listening to the worship songs, and I would listen to the pastor pray. I was intentional when I was in church. I was paying attention when I was in church. Right. I was praying to God, Holy Spirit, set me free. Get this out of me. Get this lust out of me. Get this anger out of me. Get this pain out of me. Get this confusion out of me. And he will. So Holy Amen. Spirit of the living God. 
Fill me, change me, heal me, transform me. My, my, my. Blessed be his name. See, hey, well, see, that's, that's what I get to live with. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at you, devil. I'm blessed. <laughs> you better learn how to count your blessings when God gives them to you. Mm. That's the problem with us. You know, we, wanna, we want somebody else's blessings. God's got blessings for you. They are there for you. You just have to believe. That's what the body of Christ is all about. The book of John is about believing. Jesus is the miracle maker, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead, pulling Daryl Strawberry out of a pit, putting him in a Come pool of pit. Jesus is the miracle yes, maker. Some of you have come in here today and God wants to do a miracle in your life. But you know what you have to do? You have to take a step forward. You got to stop sitting. The enemy will keep you stuck. He'll keep you from missing your blessings because you'll stay in that one place and you'll never get it. If I listened to other people, I wouldn't be who I am today in Christ. Because they thought I should have been something else, but God saw me as this. God sees you as this, believing Jesus, the book of John, believing the miracle, telling Nicodemus in John 3, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. John 4, told the woman at the well about her five husbands, say the one you're living with now is not your husband. He wasn't talking about the water. He was talking about the living water, him. If you drink the living water, you'll never thirst again. A lot of you are thirsty because you never drunk the living water, which is Jesus. John 8, can we have the worship team up? John 8, because we're going to close. Woman caught in adultery. Don't be like everybody else. Want to point at somebody else's sin when three fingers are pointing right back at you. Because the Bible didn't say that we all, the Bible said we all would fall short of the glory of God. All we all are sinners that are saved by grace. I'm glad I, I'm glad I know that I was a sinner. Because that means I really needed a Savior to clean me up. To give me hope, to give me real life, to give me eternal life. See, I know absence from the body will be presence with the Lord. I know when I cross over, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. There was a time I didn't know that. So don't be like the, the scribes. They wanted to stone the woman because of the law of Moses. Jesus didn't come here to destroy the law. He came here to fulfill the law. And he was just hanging out. And he said, he without sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest had to drop these stones because they all had fallen short. If some of you just know his name, you need to know his power today. That power of Jesus wants to resurrect reside inside of you and live inside of you. It's not natural, it's supernatural. That's how you learn the Bible, because God is supernatural. We do everything else in the natural, but God is supernatural. I think about Mark 5, the woman with the blood issue. She had an issue for 12 years. She went to doctors and paid all kind of money to try to get well. Some of you doing that today in your life. 
going to this therapist, that therapist, and that therapist. But the greatest therapist is at the symbol of the cross. It's Jesus himself. The greatest doctor I ever met was Jesus. The greatest lawyer I ever met was Jesus himself. When I finally came down to that cross and surrendered myself to him, a healing took place. Because that blood on that cross, there's no sin in it. And when it touches you, it liberates you, redeems you, brings you to wholeness and right standards with God. God loves you. God is not mad at you. God is crazy about you. And that woman with that blood issue, she tried to get well, and she heard that Jesus was coming. And she thought to herself, if I could only get to Jesus with her head and her heart. And she made her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, and she was made well immediately. Jesus was looking around like, who touched me? The disciples were like, what are you talking about? Who touched you? All these people around you. Jesus knew the power that came out of him from that woman that touched him, made somebody well immediately. And she was trembling and came back and she was trembling and she was, thought she was in trouble. And you know what Jesus said to her? What I love about what he said to her? Daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. It is the faith of the people that come to Jesus makes you well. It's not anything else. It is your faith. It is learning how to operate in faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing the Word of God. It is our faith that makes us well with God. It wasn't anything great about me, but it was my faith. I came to God all broken and all depleted and everything. And guess what? He made me well. He will make you well at the sound of his voice when you make a commitment to come to Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to come now and I want to pray for you. Right where you're at, just come. Get out of your seat and just come. Come, your faith will make you well. God wants to make you well. He wants to heal that depression. He wants to heal that anxiety. He wants to heal that marriage. He wants to heal your children. Come, 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 come to Jesus. Release it. Let it go. Come. God loves you. God is crazy about you. Don't let anything hold you back. You don't have to stay in that place no more. Come. God is crazy about you. He wants you to have victory over every situation in your life. Come right now. Come right now, church. Come right now. Yes. Keep coming. That marriage, that marriage that needs to be restored. You come back and you fight for that marriage. That broken home you come from, come right now. God will heal you. God will fix your situation. Do not let the enemy hold you back. Come, I'll wait for you, come. I'll wait for you, I'll wait for you, come, because I know God is doing something great. This is a day, this is a day, this is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us be glad in it. God is doing something supernatural for you, right now, for your life, for your family, that financial situation, whatever it may be. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the cross. Come. Oh, glory to God, it's victory at the cross. Victory over circumstances. Victory over broken home. I didn't have a father, but I had a praying mama. I'm glad she prayed for me. I can't wait to give her a hug. Some of you today need to know that God 
has been waiting for you. All you got to do is surrender yourself to him. Submit your life and your time to him. Not to anybody else, not to anything else. To God himself. He's really cool. I'm here to tell you. He's a really cool God. He's fun to hang out with. All you got to do is trust. Trust him, my sister. Your heart is heavy. But let me tell you, God sees you. He knows your struggle. He knows your pain. He knows your anxiety. He knows your hurt. He loves you. You need to get connected with the church. Your greatest victory lies in you is being connected with the church and people around you that can love you. Don't miss this moment where God is saying to you. God is speaking to you. He's telling you to leave that dead thing alone. Come to me. You have done that today. And they are celebrating. Don't look back. There's nothing back there. It's what's in front of you. God's got something good for you if you connect with the body of Christ in the church. Let them love you so you can love yourself. Amen? Amen. Honey, you want to say something real quick before? Is there anyone here that you're giving your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time? Please raise your hand up high so we can recognize you, pray for you, and get you connected with someone in this house with a familiar face. You're giving your life to Jesus for the very first time. Raise your hand up high because we don't want to miss you. Because we're not going to let the devil keep you any longer. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for Okay. So then that means every person up here Jesus, amen? So you came up here because you're believing for something or someone. And Jesus knows every detail in your heart. Pastor said a very profound thing. The church, the doors are open with small groups and different opportunities for gathering and coming together because there's power in the body of Christ. The Bible's very clear. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints in the house of God because Amen. there's power here. So what you're believing for, you're gonna need strength for. You're gonna need a strengthening. You're gonna need support. You're gonna need to be taught the word of God with a freshness attached to it. Learning how to pray and be consistent in your prayer don't waver from the faith that God is pouring into you because you responded because the Holy Spirit called you forward. This is his work, not ours. But there's a continuation of the work that happens. Get involved in discipleship. Get involved in the small groups. That is the freedom is in the following. Amen. Everybody out there, stretch your hands towards Jesus. Come forward. We're going to pray for him. Father, we love you. Father, we honor you. We praise you. Father, we thank you for those that have come to submit themselves to you. Whatever it is, Father, we ask that you would release them from it and set them free. Whatever the circumstances they're facing, Father, we bind every assignment that the enemy has. We rebuke that devourer right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we take authority over it right now. We cast it out right now. We pray for their souls right now. 
We pray for their victory right now. We pray for their greatness right now. We pray for what you're doing in them right now. Stir it up in them, Holy Spirit. Make it all new for them. Make it a new day for them. Make them not look back. There's nothing back there. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. They're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for their life today. No one else needs to know. You know the struggle. You know what they're yielding to you for. And we give you honor and we give you glory. We send this petition up to you, Father. We ask that you would cover them and cover the entire church. Those that did not come, that thought about coming, we pray for them right now. We pray for the victory over their life right now, Father. We ask that you just strengthen them. Give them wisdom, give them knowledge, give them power, give them insight to your will for their life. And we send this petition up to you, Father, and we ask that you seal it over them right now in the name of Jesus and no other name. Jesus is the name above all names, and we thank you for it right now, Lord, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes.